Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Davis. Daily Davis. You figure I could say the name of the show, right? I appreciate all the feedback about how I'm slowing my words and not pronouncing everything correctly. It's always nice of you. I will try harder. I will speak slower. I will think clearer. Today on the Daily Davis, we're going to talk about immigration. And we're going to talk mostly about misconceptions on both sides about what is happening. I don't think the news does a good job. I don't think politicians do a good job of either of them telling you what the real issues are. And since we only have 15 minutes to do this, we'll be really quick and straight to the point on this. This way, you won't say dumb things in front of your friends, whether you're liberal or conservative. There's wrongs on both sides here. First of all, the majority of people in the United States illegally did not run across a desert, try to swim across a river, camp out under the stars, use a coyote. The vast majority of the people who entered, who are here illegally entered legally. They either flew here from another country, got off at an airport, went through customs, said, hey, I'm just here to see the sun and have a little vacation. I'm here on a temporary visa. I'm, I'm, I'm not staying. I'm totally cool. You don't have to worry about me. They don't come back. They walk up to the port of entry, say, hey, I'm just going to go over to this city for a little bit, hang out, cool. And then in both cases, they don't go back when they're supposed to go back, whether it's three days, a month, whatever it is. That is the vast majority of the people in this country illegally. And that doesn't make it right, folks, just because they didn't, you know, because they started the process correctly, they did it correctly the first time, does it make it right? You need to do, you need to go either back home or apply for citizenship, figure out that, that situation. Now, the second situation are the folks who come through in the dead of the night or, you know, through the desert, which is a very harsh and terrible thing. That is a lot less, of, there's a lot less of those. Um, the ones that choose to do it that way usually choose to do it for a reason. Um, and that reason is there's no way they're getting through the port of entry, even on a temporary visa or any other way. So they have to go that way. Um, in those situations, those people are often uh, abused, um, used as uh, mules to carry drugs or carry contraband of any kind. Um, and we'll get into that when we talk about the wall in a second. Uh, the, the, the numbers of those people who can do that are, are not huge one, because it would be extremely noticeable along that border. Um, uh, at least that the Southern border, if people were going back and forth that I hunt, I've grown up in that area. If there were tens of thousands of people a year and not maybe thousands, um, well, I mean, you could have tens of thousands along the border, but if you had like certain sections with more than a thousand people in like a two month period, it would, it would be very, very noticeable. It's noticeable in those desolate areas. If four or five people drive by, uh, <laughs> those ranches in a month. So that's the first issue. The conservatives are a little confused here. So what we have right now is we have a lot of people's, uh, uh, seeking asylum from these countries and they're, and they're using, um, some people call a loophole or, 
uh, taking advantage of the system. But the fact is, um, you can go to a border, uh, one of our borders, north, south, east, west, whatever, and um, claim asylum. I am, I am running from a country in which I am in danger. And our rule says we've got to give you your say, we've got to hear it out, do a little investigation, so you will be detained. Um, there's a couple ways they can they can put you in, in kind of a facility or they can let you go and just say, hey, don't go too far. Um, the wall is not going to affect the people that you're reading about right now uh, that are headed south to north from countries that are not Mexico, by the way, looking for asylum. They are by far and large going through the ports of entry, declaring their asylum, getting in the process. Uh, they were they're told somewhere along the line this is going to work. They'll be able to stay in America. Once you get in, there's going to be some way to stay. I'm not the one giving the message, but that's that seems to be what's happening. A wall is not going to stop this. You would have to change the rules in which we which govern how you immigrate to the United States. Uh, so if if you're trying to use, you know, and yes, there has been, uh, have been a few of those groups break off and be caught immediately as they try to cross the border. There was one comically close to El Paso in which I guess they got frustrated and decided to kind of go through um, this fence where I'm from El Paso. So I, I know where this is and it's, it was really funny, funny to me, like maybe one or two people could, you know, scoot through there unnoticed or barely noticed or hard to find. If you have hundreds, it it is so obvious. Um, and you know, and that border in El Paso since the mid nineties has basically been militarized. It's, it's had, because the people of El Paso were tired of the petty crime of people running across a dry riverbed. It was usually no water creating stealing or doing petty crime. And going right back over to Mexico, and and it was hard for Border Patrol agents to catch them. So at some point, you had um, everybody got fed up. You had uh, uh, Sylvester Reyes, who was the sector chief for the for the uh, Border Patrol at the time, and then eventually became uh, congressman from El Paso. Uh, he put in together to hold the line, and hold the line put people. And sorry, my dog has a cold or. You can, this is just awful, uh, but this is home studio. My dog's coughing in the background because my dog has allergies because that's how tough he is. Anyhow, back to what we were saying. Hold the line. They put Border Patrol agents every 300 yards or so and erected a fence on the border of where El Paso, the county, basically all the way through. The Border Patrol agents sat behind bulletproof glass um, walls. Because they did shoot at them. And the bulletproof glass walls had bullet strikes on them all the time. And the Border Patrol sat there day and night. And you could not get through. Uh, it was it was a defense. I mean, you, you, if you crossed that river, you were triangulated 300 yards. Those agents would close in on you quick. It obliterated any petty crime going back and forth. Um, it did work. That wasn't an immigration issue, folks. That wasn't necessarily... Um, uh, uh, folks coming here illegally, they were well coming to the United States illegally for a moment, stealing or vandalizing or doing, you know, they would stop traffic on the highway, small highway right next to the border. They would throw rocks out on the road. When people stopped, they would rob the vehicles and run back over to Mexico. So that, that that's 
kind of the history that I know uh, of of the border there. So the wall now, back to point, will not fix our refugee asylum seeker problem. What the wall will address is the is the rest of the bad guys, real bad guys come through, drugs come through. And there's been a lot of apprehensions and there's a lot of stuff that they don't get. The wall would be a barrier that would would seek to at least slow them down because you have border patrol agents in a very big area, uh, very few border patrol agents uh, trying to patrol. And so the wall slows down, deters, does whatever you want to say. And I'm not saying whether I'm for the wall or against the wall, but it's not an immigration issue. It's a smuggling issue. It's uh People dying of fentanyl, people access to cocaine, you know, you know, marijuana, whatever it is. I don't believe that much marijuana really matters coming across the border. There's a lot of suppliers inside the United States, and I think your harder drugs and your more profitable drugs are what come over, you know, in these situations. I'm not a border patrol guy, and by the way, I've talked to border patrol folks before when I lived in El Paso, and even when I worked in news for a little bit. And I was frank with them off camera. I'm like, come on, seriously. And then what's, what's going on? Tell me, tell me what they're doing. He says, I cannot tell you. And the border patrol will not tell you what the cartels are doing or how they're, you know, how specifically what they know about them smuggling. Because if they know, if the cartels know that they know, then they'll change their game. And they're not going to make it public. It's hard for them to brag other than say, hey, we caught a guy with a bunch of stuff. But their means, methods, and how they're figuring out this um, is very secret. So, And sometimes they don't tell us exactly what they're finding either because there's an investigation. And they, they want to be able to track back what it is, whether it's, like I said, fentanyl, you know, these, these really bad hard drugs or guns or rare birds and lizards. And by the way, that is a, a really huge uh, market for certain people is animals and fruits and vegetables and whatever that you're not have in the United States cartels and people like that bring those over too because a, a cartel isn't just a drug cartel and that's something you need to understand they're good at moving things to places they're not allowed to be and if you legalize all drugs in the United States the cartels will still exist to bring something here that you're not allowed to have like the kinder egg or what are we now? We're not allowed to have here, but there, there's other things that you know are not spider monkeys, whatever. They're gonna bring them. That's what they're good at. That's what they do. So to think that, and of course you have legalization of marijuana in several places. And um, if you do your reading, if you do your research, if you catch this Netflix thing, Murder Mountain, Netflix, Murder Mountain, it talks about deregulation or you know letting these people grow the pot, but they, they can't grow it at a profit if they do it by the government's means. And that's, I, I, I digress there, but watch that show. It's, it's interesting what'll happen. So, but back to our main point here. Understanding who's coming in illegally and how they're getting here and what to do about it. Now, the liberals will tell you everybody should be here and they're, they're just like you and I and they're, uh, that they're living the American dream. Well, liberals are wrong. More than likely... Somebody who comes in here, comes to the United States, stays, overstays, and is in danger of being uh, deported if caught by the authorities is living a life as a ghost. 
and they're living a life in the United States without a lot of the rights and privileges and protections that a United States citizens have because they are afraid to live in the open. They're, they're not working for employers who respect and care for them and their safety and pay them correctly. Um, and are, you know, are, are, are willing to do the right th thing by them. Most of the time they're living in a situation where they can't tell anybody about the bad things that happened to them because if they speak up, they're afraid they'll be kicked out. So this means there's a lot of abuse, uh, whether it be sexual, physical, uh, mental, uh, financial, uh, in these, uh, in these communities, it is not an okay thing to have people living in your country as ghosts, uh, as people afraid to use the system that protects you and I, um, from other people who want to do bad to us. And if you think that that's okay, I, I don't, I, your compassion is, is misaligned. I, oh, everybody should be here. Should they? If in, and you want to automatically just say, okay, if you come to this country, we're, we're, we're not going to do any background checks. We're, I mean, boom, you're a citizen minutes in. We, we, we are the only country in the world that takes in as many people as we do as is. Um, and we would be the only country in the world just to grant citizenship. If you do the toe touch, like we did with Cuba, uh, with everybody got here that gets here and you would not believe. And, and there are folks who know the amount of people who would fight, die, cry, whatever it takes to get to the United States. Once that rule is implied, and we would go from a population of 325 million to 500 million in almost no time at all. And that would stress resources in the United States beyond the limits. I'm sorry. We have to be a little bit protective of what we have. We are countries. They have their countries. They have to, to either rectify the problems they have with their governments um, or find a way to legally enter ours. And yes, there is a little bit of growing pains. Um, liberals seem to think that everybody's here in this one melting pot. Well, here's a fact about race, culture, uh, genders, you name it. Anytime you have one culture that is sitting somewhere and they've been there and you bring a large number of another culture and you put them right on top of them, not once, not once in the history of humankind has that culture that was established been open armed, lovely. We're glad to have change. We want to live like you live. That's never happened. It doesn't happen in a black neighborhood that's being gentrified by white folks. They don't want the white folks there. They like their neighborhood. The same thing with white folks didn't want the black folks moving in their neighborhood because they thought it would change. It wasn't right. Neither of them are right, but it's how people act. So Americans, many of them are going to be a little bit suspect of large numbers of people of different cultures moving into their world. They're going to be suspect of it, whether it's right or wrong. I try to keep an open mind. I really do. But if I knew that my neighborhood was going to be fundamentally changed, um, by folks moving in and things that I did normally, I can't do anymore or no longer acceptable, or, uh, I can't have access to the type of activities I used to have to, because the culture changed very quickly. I'm going to be upset. And how I take that out, how I act on that anger is, is, is different. You cannot turn yourself into a racist or all that. You have to understand we need to all move slowly in these situations so that everybody's comfortable. And yes, when you move to another country, you're going to have to assimilate some way.
Otherwise, you're going to take that country over. And, and hey, the British did it for years. They looked, they went, and they said, hey, hey, you have a very nice culture. Now you're going to drink tea like us. And they killed a lot of people. Um, and then it didn't work for them out long term. Because the people who lived in those countries didn't want the British there. They were established, and they said, get out of here. There's a feeling here in the United States, whether you're white, black, Latino, you're Asian, if you were established and lived in the United States, you have a long time, um, even if you're a little bit different than your neighbor who may be black or you're Muslim or that, you're still long time American. You feel like you don't need the change of a large migration of other people from other places. You're generally happy with what you have. So we've gone over 15 minutes, but I'll recap quickly for you what we learned here. One, not everybody coming over here illegally is running through the desert. Two, the people running through the desert are probably in a bad situation and really shouldn't be here. Three, if you think everybody should be here, I mean, if you think that it's okay to have folks living here illegally, think about the rights and personal protections they don't enjoy because they're scared, uh, they're living in the shadows, and also living in debt probably to someone who got them here. Nobody on this, uh, on this issue is 100% right. Nobody's 100% wrong. But unless we're honest with ourselves, we won't be able to solve this problem. Again, this has been the Daily Davis. You can email me, dailydavis77 at gmail.com. I appreciate you listening. Thank you.